When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the southernmost point of Dorne to the lands of always winter and Jon Snow's new home, and what is west of Westeros in the shadows in the east, this is Casterly Talk. I'm Kat Napsok for, well, it was going to be our regularly kind of scheduled news and cues type of show, but now it's going to be breaking news. Jon Snow returns. I put an exclamation point in the title to be hopeful, but let's be honest, that's a question mark. Joining me today, and kind of we can almost say as always, because, well, he's just a text message away, it's Alden Diaz. Alden, welcome to the show, buddy. Oh, the Ravens. The Ravens were flying last night. The Ravens were going uh, east to west coast, and yeah. here we are. I am a text message away. Now I feel like I'm a, I'm a, a call the banners away, because this is... <laughs> This is big. This is exciting. This is big. This is big. And I want to. I want to acknowledge. I was texting with the uh, the wonderful Andres Cabrera late last night. Uh, Ace in the place, and I uh, was trying to get him uh, to get on today too, and it just couldn't work out a schedule. So uh, definitely would love to have Ace's perspective on this too, and others. But um, Alden, yeah, you are text away. This is why you're so easy to work with. I was like, you text me this this tweet, this information. I went on Twitter. Oh my gosh! And then I said, what are you doing tomorrow? And you were like, here, I'm here. Uh, so thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I called this our emergency small council meeting. Like something's happening. There's the, the, the bastard from the north has returned. We need to talk about it. Yeah, we need um, we need to. We're here with our, 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 our books and our coin. Yeah. Look, I even busted out the old uh, R plus L equals uh, J shirt. Oh, uh, that's I, great. I purchased it about 2012 when I thought I was so smart. Like, oh, yeah, around, absolutely. Walking around grocery stores going, do you know what this means? Uh, but now we all know. Yeah. At least we think yeah. we do. All right. Let's get into this. Uh, we are going to set the scene a little bit here. Uh, we are covering uh, the story from The Hollywood Reporter, which is exclusive from James Hibbard. And I don't think the Game of Thrones world suffers from this as much as, say, Star Wars or other things you and I follow, where the the news, this isn't some random blog. This isn't someone doing some trying to do some good work but has uh, hidden sources or anything like that. I, I'm not throwing any shade to anyone trying to cover these kind of fandom worlds, but this is a Hollywood reporter. This is James Hibbard, the guy who wrote the book sitting down right here, Fire Cannot Kill Dragon. Great book. I love that book. Um, he's been in the game a long, uh, long time. Game of Thrones is... Uh, uh, one of his specialities, if you will, to quote Obi-Wan slightly. So uh, we take the story as uh, as fact as much as it is. That yeah. said, Alden, before we dive in, we will acknowledge this is, uh, I'm reading directly from it, the network has entered into early development on its first sequel to its blockbuster fantasy drama, a live-action spinoff series centered on fan-favorite character Jon Snow. This is what the Holland Reporter has learned. Kit Harrington is attached to reprise the role should 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 a series move forward. So Alden, mm-hmm. we're just we're just setting the scene here. We are we are having a lot of fun. There's a lot of conversation, a lot of excitement. But this is, hey, this could something that could flitter away uh like a like a raven leaving the nest uh in, in a short amount of time. Um this is early, early news, yeah. 
Absolutely. And as I noted in my initial reaction, it was a combination of immense joy. And we'll talk about our personal feelings uh, a little bit later. But I also was like, well, let's ask the Blood Moon team about development because they made it all the way to the pilot, my friends, everyone listening and watching. Perhaps you didn't know there's a hidden pilot out there that we will (laughs) never see, at least at this stage, for a series pre House of the Dragon that, you know, goes to show in the television world, like movies, it's like if, if we get going, we're, we have a higher chance of getting going. But TV, you got to create, then see yeah. if it will move on. So early development could be anything from the higher up sitting around and saying, what about John? Or it could be something like, let's get the art department together. Or it could be call Kit. Like yeah. early development could be anything. Could be anything. Could be anything. But I think it's okay to to open up the floodgates of our excitement, our imagination. Also, some things I want to say up top. You and I are going to talk about our gut reactions. I have a little bit of uh, confusion. Uh, it's good confusion uh, about the character. Is is it, and I as a fan, and, and let's also say this up top. You and I are fans of season eight. Other people yeah. are not. We're going to get into that a little bit later on. Um, but like, all right, do I even as a fan who loves Jon Snow? Am I? Do I want to see this story, his story? Would I rather see Arya's story? I mean, I'd rather see all of them, but. Um, I had some like, okay, interesting kind of intrigue, I guess, up top. Yeah. I think that it is sort of the situation of, I can't believe it's now, even in talks, Mm -hmm. I I liken this, you know, like we always do to Star Wars. I always thought if anyone was ever going to come back, it would be Kit. That was just, just based on, you know, I don't, we don't know these people, but based on the footage, based on things that have been said, it definitely feels like, some of the young women of Game of Thrones, Sophie Turner, Maisie Williams, are in new stages, yeah. moving on. Maisie gave that great interview recently talking about being Arya Stark and how that affected growing up and all these yeah. things. Whereas Kit was weeping on that set. And <laughs> afterward, went and did that sort of like rehabilitation retreat after for yeah. his stress levels and anxiety and just all these things. And again, I don't presume to know him and I don't want to read too much into that. Yeah. But this was his thing in a way that, you know, Harrison Ford can walk away, but Mark Hamill's always kind of Luke. I feel like I expected this maybe 10 years down the road, something like that to, you know, especially on that meta level of Tyrion saying, ask me again in 10 years. Yeah. Right. But I cannot believe that in 2022, this is something that they went to Mm. uh, at this stage. It perplexes me business wise, even if it really excites me character wise. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, we also feel up top, you and I do- talking off air, this could very well be the book of Jon Snow, and that could mean uh, we start with him, but we see so many other characters. There's already been, you know, fun speculation, uh, questions out there, of, does it, you know, could you see Brienne of Tarth? Uh, could you check in with, with Arya Sansa? You know, how far do you go with that? And we're going to talk about mm-hmm. that in a bit. So, but fair questions to ask, and, and again, exciting questions to ask if this were to move forward what does that mean this is forward we ain't going back we're going forward that's a wide open story landscape and it's also embracing with that story landscape it's embracing what has been a huge if not the biggest point of controversy Mm. in game of thrones culture fandom appreciation which is oh well at a certain point they stopped following the books this would be that whole cloth which is a very, very, like, there's no notes for this. There's no guideline for this. There's no let's adapt X, Y, and Z. This would be them 
just charging forward. House of the Dragon has source material. Duncan Egg has source material. There's the maps and the cultural details that they can spin yeah. into these other six projects, which James Hibbard talks about, that this is one of seven. A Jon Snow sequel, whatever that would be, has nothing that we know of nothing to work with. And so it would be which whoever the showrunner is with full power. Full unlimited power. We're going to talk about who who we might think behind that because none of that has emerged as of this recording. Um, but before we get to all that, Alden, uh, you know, we're going to do a little thing called Send the Ravens. we got some calls coming in. You can call into the show via the Anchor app where the podcast is uh, uh, finds its home, I should say. So uh, these are some of our favorite and regular callers who just, I knew something. Alden had already texted me. I had already seen it on Twitter, but then I knew when I got phone messages from these two chaps that something was happening in the Game of Thrones world. Let's go to the first call from Eric Monroe. Hey, Kenny Cashley Talk. So, breaking news. I just linked it to you on Twitter. There's apparently, I have no tr- no idea how tr- true true this is, but there's apparently a Jon Snow sequel series in the works. I gotta tell you, I, I'm absolutely shocked. My, my jaw is still on the floor. Again, I have no idea how true this is, but I always assumed if they were going to do this, it was going to be with Arya's character. But I guess um, if they are, it seems like it's going to be Jon. Um, it's intriguing, but I have to admit, I am shocked. But I do wonder how long after Game of Thrones it will be set. Um, will it just be a limited series? That's going to be my guess. That it will probably just be a little a limited series. And my guess is it will probably be kind of maybe like a coda to Game of Thrones. So there you go, Ken. Breaking news. Breaking news, breaking news. Thank you, Eric, for the, the report. I love that. I feel like I'm getting calls from friends. It's like the old days when, you know, something would happen on Monday Night Raw. My friend would call me, are you watching? Marty Jannetty came back. Uh, yeah. it, <laughs> it's exciting times. Um, so we got another call, but let, let's address some of the things here. We're going to go into some detail, all of them. But mm-hmm. Eric... A super fan like us. And when I say super fan, it isn't just that we love the show. We love this world. This isn't a world we want to leave. We're still moved by it. We're still inspired by it. We're still intrigued by it. We're still learning about it. We're still struggling with some decisions. We are love We love this property. Um, but Eric, like us, echoing kind of the, huh, energy. Mm. But a thumbs up. But a, okay, let's see what you got. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely... It's one of those things where, and I said, my, my, my initial reaction in writing was, I, I'm trying really hard to not just throw a Jon Snow theme party right now. It's, it's, it raises so many questions. And this is the thing, we didn't used to be privy to this stuff. Yeah. This is, this yeah. is so different, you know, and, and this, this culture, like, we'll, let's say it goes series, we'll be able to track it all the way from the rumbling stage, all the way to a trailer. And it's, it's just so hard to to temper your emotions and, and yeah, you know, mentality. Yeah. And look, I say, let it, let it rip, you know, have some fun and, and explore. And that's what we're, that's what we're doing here today. It's, it, it's, it's certainly fun, but it, yeah. It, yeah. Knowing a little bit more of how the, uh, how the food is made is, is just a sign of our times. We, we never put that back in the box, but yeah, I think like in, in my lifetime, the first time I understood what a spinoff or sequel series was, was the uh, failed follow-up series to mash called after mash. <laughs> And as a young kid, remembering my parents gathering around the TV, turning to whatever NBC, whoever, ABC, whoever had it, um, uh, or CBS, that was it. We only had the three choices. Um, and, and turning to it, and, and I remember just being like, as a kid, eh, 
I don't know what I, I don't know if I need to know what Klinger did after the war. I don't know. And it's always intriguing. You have characters you love and you want to spend more time with them. They're popular. You still might be getting some numbers. Uh, hey, let's move forward. It's so tempting. But it can go wrong. It can go wrong. We'll discuss yeah, that in more mean, detail. But it, it can range anywhere from uh, Joey spinning out of Friends Joey's to... a great example. Yeah, to, to Angel spinning out of Buffy, which is a positive example, or Frasier. Frasier, like, yeah, it, Frasier. It, yeah, it could be, it could be great. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Better Call Saul, but it's just yeah. one of those situations where it is. I mean, Game of Thrones is a hot button issue. Like, it's a, it's a thing. We are we're season eight enjoyers, season eight uh, appreciators, but at yeah. the same time, it's yeah. that conversation of a lot of people were burned. But what is the power of intrigue? The power of this character? Because we're also taking it sort of, if you take it categorically by character, which is a lot of how I appreciate Game of Thrones by arcs, mm-hmm. I processed that finale by really looking at the individuals and saying, how do I feel about X, Y, and Z? Yeah. How do I feel about where the individuals ended up? Ranging yeah. from, does Bronn really deserve to be on the small council? All the way to John, where I said, that's perfect. And for me, yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's also about carrying feelings in and i i you know you know me i and i think you agree not to speak for you but we reject this notion that game of thrones fell out of the public consciousness because of season eight hate and controversy yeah. i mean 12 million house of the dragon trailer views yeah will tell you otherwise but and also every time that someone says that that's the public consciousness yeah um, yeah but yeah, yeah I, I think it's i also think this is safe business what i'm trying to say is i think that john is safe business yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And there's something to that, even the selection of this character. And we'll talk in this episode a little bit about what we like. Uh, I'm still doing the great rewatch here on Castle Talk. We're mired in season four, some schedule stuff, keeping me from watching uh, rewatching as much as I would want. Um, but we're, you know, Jon Snow's arc is 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 one of my favorite things in the show up to the very last moment. Uh, so that's why even I, I think that's why I have a, I don't know how much more I need. I can just imagine it. But look, I'm always up for it, and uh, Frazier's a great example. I never, I've, I was a big fan of Cheers. I was like, of all the characters, that guy, and look what happened. So uh, that's our final Frazier reference of the day. Actually, I can't guarantee that. Uh, let's go to the next call here. We're going to send the Ravens again with our good friend Donna Long. Hey, Cash, we talked. Just want to call in real quick about the Jon Snow spinoff show that's reportedly in development at HBO. We all knew this was going to happen eventually, but we all thought it was going to be Arya with Maisie Williams coming back and her journey west to Westeros. That still could happen, but now Kit Harrington coming back as Jon Snow, one of the three main characters of the entire series, one of the most beloved characters, that changes that ball game completely. Now this is still like probably three, five plus years down the line, but right now I want to, the most important conversation here is the shadows that's going to hang over this show. But there it is, this conversation's already started. The season eight fixes show. Now any of us might not believe that's going to be the case. That shadow is going to hang over the show so much. It's going to, I hope, not hurt the show. I hope this show can stand on its own two legs. And quick thoughts about that. Thanks. Hey, Cash, we talk back again. I know this, I just talked about this not being a season eight fixture show, which I know this not going to be at all. But let's have this conversation right now. If this this has to evolve in there somehow, in any shape or form, I don't know, it's resurrection, hey, it happened to John, why not her? But she has to come back in some form or be had an underlying thing in this show. 
because let's face it, she's the most popular character in the whole entire series and also one of the most popular characters in television history, her with John. Those two, their two stories are the Song of Ice and Fire. Their stories are so intertwined and so much parallels to one another. She has to show up somehow in any way. But hey, I don't know if that's the Danny fan in me coming out or the fanfic reader. Yes, I do read them. Yes, I know. But hey, they don't have to have this. They don't take 10 years to come out or decades at this point. Thanks. It's okay to read fanfic, Donald. It's okay. We rely on that. <laughs> so, Alden, that's that's uh, two great calls from Eric and Donald. I love a lot of stuff Donald's saying. And, you know, I told you off air, so let's just you and I tee it high and let it fly here. No no real format on the show today. but I, I, I So I want to go where we want to go. But I think we should start with, that is kind of the, the big reaction. That is kind of the lead. Mm. See, our season eight feelings aside, you and I have always said we love it, but we can't ignore any conversations around it. And we can't ignore some really diehard show, dedicated show fans who did not feel uh, satisfied by the ending, which is, it's dangerous to say, you know, satisfied and what do we want, what do we need versus, hey, what are they giving us? It's, it's a different conversation. Today, though, let's focus on this part of it. Uh, they could fix season eight or they could add to it or they go back and correct some things. What does that mean to you? And what do you think that could possibly be without getting into two specific predictions? But how, how would that even, uh, how is this even going to work? <laughs> It's a big question. Yeah, I feel like there's a couple levels to that. The first being that season eight, despite controversy, controversy exists within our spaces. Yeah. But from the perspectives of the people with the chessboard, like actually positioning these projects and in this expansion, we talked off air about the HBO saying, well, why not us? Why does Star Wars and Marvel and Star Trek get to have four and five things going? Um, We're in that age now. Season eight was an, indisputable smash success. I mean, they saw records. It was an event. It was a a global thing. You know, I was in New York city before season eight premiered and it was everywhere. Every bus stop. Like this was a thing. And I, I'm sure they acknowledge controversy, but it was always, it was also a mega win for them. So it's, I think it's a different perspective to be the creators. We also B don't know who would be running this and what their perspective would be on season eight. Because you might have somebody, do I want this? No. Um, Who would have a let's fix mentality. But also look at, again, we always compare things to Star Wars. Look at Star Wars, Mm -hmm. where at the time of this recording, we are in Obi-Wan Kenobi, a series which is fundamentally, intrinsically tied with three films that were bashed, lambasted, dragged through the mud with the prequel trilogy. There was a lot of early Disney attitude around the time of the purchase of, you remember those originals? The ones you all loved? They've gotten away from that, which is great. Um, Mm -hmm. Will there be some of that? Will this be way less fantasy, way more politicking? Will John be roped back in? Um, we'll talk about this, yeah. you know, more with a <laughs> pull me back in. Yeah. Yeah. Fun fantasy stuff. Like, is it, a, is it a question of Queen Sansa needs something yeah. and we really keep it into that house politics stuff. Who knows how they'll react. I, I agree with the call. I don't think it will be a season eight fixer because yeah. I don't, I don't see the game of Thrones side of things to be a reactionary, um, feckless right. sort of brand that it's not really in the, I mean, they've always stuck to their guns in a certain way. Yeah, no, they, they have stuck to the guns. And I, while I certainly would not view it and, and would rebut the season eight fix it idea, the season eight extension 
is is something that I think this absolutely would be, uh, and mm-hmm. it has to be. And to Donald's big question of uh, you know his his actually he, play, he phrased it as almost a statement. I need to have Danny in here. I'm a fan. Um, there's a lot of ways you can do that. Um, you know, I counter his dad, but. Who knows what healing powers Trogon had? Maybe he, maybe he took her to the world between worlds, and Ahsoka and uh, and, and Daenerys are going to show up, and it's a crossover <laughs> series. Um, but there could be a chance to give some perspective, uh, a little more. Uh, you know, John, uh, not I'm not flashing back, but John discussing that, dealing with that, processing some of the stuff at the end, and maybe you could get. Um, you know, uh, one of the complaints I think is justified is fine love what happened with danny i get it i get the story but i wish i had a little bit more of her perspective we didn't get to spend as much time with her on that switch it does come across as sudden i think if you track it back to season three you see it coming or you feel it coming or you understand that it's uh the way it goes but i also agree with that um um she be we become a di- we become distant from danny the moment uh the bells happen from that to the end of the show, uh, we don't. I don't think we spend an, enough or, or, or you know, uh, an important amount of time with her. So, getting any kind of understanding about that through the characters and through the story would have value to me. It's not a fix; yeah. it's an extension. Absolutely, yeah. It's 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 an exploration of theme, an exploration of the fallout of character arcs of for John, something that goes with him all the way back to his earliest days, uh, getting a shave for the dinner with the King is guilt. Yeah. This is, this is a guilt ridden character. Um, now more than ever mm-hmm. him and Tyrion Lannister having made the decision for the entire world, um, to, yeah. to protect them, but through a dark deed, he did love this woman. He says that up until the very end. So yeah. it's an unavoidable specter of Daenerys hanging over the show, no matter what they do. Yeah. I would be, Stunned. I would be shocked if there is a version of these scripts, whatever they are, um, that is not inherently about that in 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 a Obi Invader type way. You you yeah. have to, and um, yeah. even if it was, we're going to age kid up thirty years, and he's going to have white luscious hair. He's still <laughs> going to be thinking about that. So yeah. I, I I do agree. Do I think that we're going to get Amelia Clark in the show? I think too early to say. I think it's yeah. definitely possible. Show us. I mean, but but there's always a clever way. I mean, they got Jason Momoa back yeah. after you know for that scene with their yeah. the vision of, of their baby Rago, and like that was a powerful, beautiful moment. And that's the other thing is that John, more so than Arya, more so than Brienne, more so than anyone we could pick up with, is inherently tied into the fantastical elements of Martin's world. Yeah. He has returned from the dead. He is, depending on who you ask, a Zora high, a prophesized yeah. being. Um, he has been all of these things. He's important to every faction, every side of the world, whether that's Targaryen, Stark, um, the free folk. Yeah. Um, you know, is this the story of the King beyond the wall trying to create a society over there? Sure, it could be, and it could be removed from Westeros entirely, but that still inherently ties to Mance. It ties to Egret. So yeah. this cannot escape the show. That's a great way to to, to, to phrase it. It can't escape. Uh, um, and that's why I almost view this idea, again, or we'll say it again, early development. But I, I almost see this idea, as, as opposed to any of the other ideas on there, including House of the Dragon coming out, Blood Moon, and it not going forward, the animated shows, all these things... Um, 
This is, I look at it as, you know that, you know, uh, uh, in, in Lord of the Rings, the films where that Ent's on fire and then the water's coming down and he's, he like dives his head into it. Oh, this, yeah. This is HBO diving their head into this post-season eight world. Uh, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly of that. It would be very... You know, would I just want a buddy cop uh, comedy of uh, Tormund and Jon Snow uh, up in up in the up in the snow? Yeah, <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> I want the the added bonus: more Tormund. Absolutely a good thing. More Tormund and spending less money on everything else means Ghost can be in the whole season. Ghost, Ghost, Tormund, Ghost, and Jon Snow, Roman uh, setting up shop. Uh, you know, who, falling in love. Who knows? I don't care. Uh, I'm excited about that. But yeah, it would be downright at this point from this distance. I would say downright weird to not even have the names of the people in his past or his family show up. Maybe I don't know if he needs to deal with being Aegon Targaryen. I don't know if that matters north of the Wall. I don't know if that matters matters to him anymore but who is it am i Aegon? is there a part of me that's Aegon? is is um, am i all Jon snow who am i now might be a big question over the series and that would have to involve some of the names and the people from his past of course and that's some of the stuff that i was immediately thinking about my excitement is you know i i should say too for people listening i it's it's a thing where the cast is so large Everyone's yeah. going to have their favorites. So maybe there's someone listening that like loves it as much as we do, but like this was their least favorite yeah. side of the story. Maybe they were like, yeah. oh, I want to see Tyrion. I want to see Brienne. Like, I don't really care what's happening North of the Wall. And that's totally valid. For me, mm. I realized at a point in the show that I am Jon Snow. Like, this is one of my characters. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is yeah, one of I the people it. where I'm like, oh, wow. Like, yeah. I on surface funny levels that I always joke about. We only <laughs> wear black. We're from the North. We're bastard children. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of like surface parallels. I, I have seen you rush forward when you shouldn't grab your sword and face an army by yourself. I've seen that. I did that. I did do that. That was in the uh the you know the Domino's Pizza parking lot. Um but I yeah, I I feel so connected to this character. So my excitement and my mind is gonna rush in accordance with that. With that said, yeah, there are questions that are unavoidable. How does the child of destiny prophecy question mark uh, deal with the fallout of what happened. Mm-hmm. How is he dealing with his second life? Because he was mythically, literally, and figuratively reborn mm-hmm. at the wall and at the Battle of the Bastards with the not at all subtle um, birth imagery that happens there yep. with you know the the, the yep. crowd of, of Bolton soldiers. Yeah. So how how is he processing this post war? I mean, there's so much to explore there, but also. I think it would be a really safe bet to think that he is going to have to deal with some people, at least directly, because he does, he is happy, you know, for his little brother, Bran. Um, He is, he does kneel to him and Bran tells him you were exactly where you needed to be. Like, what is in that relationship? I don't think that's the last time that those two men will Mm -hmm. speak to each other because Bran did have that belief in him and how has that sat with him? And, yeah. Now with him being, whether he's king beyond the wall or if it's just a no kings hangout, uh, <laughs> let's just love each other up there. Uh, his sister now has a free and independent kingdom yeah. that he is attached to. And the wall yeah. is gone. Yeah. Uh, right. is, like what, yeah. what happens there? Is it, John, I need you to lead X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Um, how cute and tied in is this going to be? It's, it's yep. all the potential in the world. Yeah, no, and, and and going a little bit into his arc and 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 what he 
you know, I think it's a general statement, but I think he goes from this trying to find who I am, where I belong, and then I kind of need to be a hero. My One of my favorite moments is Mance Raider looking at him. This is what we've been talking on the show for a while now and beginning of season three going, oh, I know what you want to be. You want to be a hero. And then John having to redefine what that actually is going forward, uh, which is why I said this kind of child of destiny, um, um, perhaps turning away from it. That's a very general look at his arc and his theme. So, But I, the, all that to say, I love where he lands, Um and then how, how he's going to deal with that. And if it is a pullback in or what is your identity now, King Beyond the Wall, doesn't at this point, doesn't seem like he'd want that. That's no, I'm, I'm retired. I've moved to Big Bear. I'm, <laughs> I'm in a cabin. Leave me alone. Um, oh, yeah. So and it, it is, is it as simple as that? I, I, I can't imagine it is. Um, and there's got to be conflict. There's got to be stuff. This isn't, um, you know, even in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, it wasn't, it never was just going to be old man in the desert trying to figure things out. That, that's the themes at play. It is a lot of what's driving the story, but there is action. There is conflict. It has to be. That's how you tell stories. So um, what do you do with that going forward? Which goes back, and I'll say, it goes back to my original point. I'm a huge Jon Snow fan. Um, I, I have, you know, I have the shirts too. Um, I haven't fought anyone in Domino's parking lot yet, yet. Um, but... Yeah. That's where I, with this particular character, I am spending less time wondering about what he does going forward. Where Arya, I'm like, give me her sailing in the sh- in the seven seas, nine seas, all the seas. Uh, what are the eleven seas now? The thirteenth, the number's grown. Have her find mm-hmm. more seas, but have her uh, discovering who she is. Uh, you know, uh, re- I loved Maisie's quotes the other day of like, I, you know, I thought she was a queer woman. Uh, the Gendry stuff was, uh, I thought it was a prank. You know, explore that. You have the character to go that of who, who, what is my identity? Who am I? Um, uh, I, I wonder more about that. I get that, but we also don't know if you know. Maybe they did float this by Maisie, and she went, eh, I'm good. Um, we don't know that stuff yet. Where Kit was like, right. Let's give this a go. And that's the other thing. I mean, it's also funny to think about Kit. He's like, I went to Marvel. They gave me a sword and now I get my original sword back. (laughs) Like, yay. Like, uh, like, you know, now I'm thinking about it. This was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I do miss Longclaw. At the same time, you know, talking about that Arya stuff, I'm just glad you brought it up because that did feel, I think, not to speak for the entire fandom, but what's West of West felt like like a backdoor pilot, like that last shot of her. I mean, I will just say mm. the, the entire intercut three siblings montage makes me cry every time. I, I yeah, yeah, think yeah, it is you. perfect. The crowning of Sansa, the ship, everything. Um, but Arya's had forward momentum. Literally. Yeah. It was, it was uh, off triumphant. I, it, it connected visually, of course, to the end of season four, going to Bravos where she realized what that would mean. Now she's doing it of her own choices, not running um, like she was when she went to Bravos, And yeah. I, I love the parallels there. However, and I said this to, to Eric Monroe on Twitter, the difficulty there is that it would be whole cloth locations mm. and, and mythology and lots of stuff that perhaps the network doesn't want to create either yeah. A, without Martin or or Martin doesn't want to create himself. He doesn't want to define. There's a lot of factors there where with John, we have the North, the true North, uh, the the kingdom of the North and everything that we've seen to play with potentially Mm. Aria would require a lot of new and a loss of certain iconography on a business level. Yeah. Um, which is why I think you do the, is it Yeti? Yeah. You do, you do Yeti in animation, right? Like that feels much safer. Uh, whereas if we put Arya West of West, like, yes, Maisie Williams will draw a crowd. No doubt. Yeah. That character has 
so many fans. I am one of them. But we would also be like, oh, kind of wish she was here. And they might be trepidatious about so much new. It, it, I'm going to mention again, it truly would be Frazier moving to Seattle, right? <laughs> they don't even have a bar in the show. Yeah, no, uh, and I, this is not to suggest that it would be a bad business move to center series around Aria uh, at all. I don't want to suggest it at all, but um, yeah. it is a little bit more of the stuff you're talking about. If you're looking at it just in terms of on paper with any kind of numbers, yeah, the 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 uh, Prince Caspian and the Voyage of the Don Treader journey forward to lands we've never seen would be fascinating. A great expansion of the story. Um, maybe it's a tough sell. If Blood Moon and who know, again we don't know. There was a lot of other rumors and reasons why that that pilot might have been picked up and budget might have been some of it. Who knows? We're not. I always say we're not in those meetings. Um, yeah. But there was a little bit of that like thought of. Was it too far back? <laughs> we the castles aren't even built yet. Like there, there could have been right. something like that. Where House of the Dragon? Hey, hey, stranger on the street who kind of likes Game of Thrones. You have an HBO Game of Thrones hat. You buy corporate merch. Uh, where this was independent. Um, do you like dragons? Do you like? Uh, do, as Dave Letterman said in Cabin Boy, do, would you like to buy a monkey? Would you like to buy a dragon? We got more of that coming. <laughs> yeah, we got more of that yeah, coming. We we're, got yeah. your throne. We're even we're going we're even going to add swords to it. How about that? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to see the red keep again. We're going to have Starks and Baratheons there saying their names out loud, and we're going to possibly maybe we cut to Casterly Rock, maybe we cut to Dragonstone, which is a very fair bet. I think we even have seen it already, um, yep. at least the beach. Yep. And it's like with Arya, yeah, I, I want to make that clear too. Has nothing to do with Arya Stark. Mm-hmm. It has everything to do with the or fact May- that or Maisie or anything that yeah, absolutely. yeah, nothing at all. I just think that if I'm in that room. Part of my concern or part of the concern, I think, would be, well, with these characters, we know where to shoot. We have X. We have, you know, Y. We have the wall. We can promote with X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Um, we're able to connect him and Sansa. With Arya, it would be one character that we have. Everything new. That requires us to do infinitely more work. It requires us to go back to the drawing board on design. It requires George to slow down other things that we might want him working on, whether that's yeah. Winds of Winter or whether that's House of the Dragon, whether that's Dunkin' Egg. Um, that's, that's I think, is a way more tall order. And I think that it's in the same way that you have Din Djarin visit Navarro and Maldo Crace, but he's also going to visit Tatooine. Like, yeah. you keep foot in. Um, which is, I think, just natural for the expansion. Like, everyone's loving Star Trek Strange New Worlds now, Mm. but it came out of Discovery, and then we threw in Mr. Spock as well as some new characters, and I think that audience training is a big part of it. Yeah, for better or worse, for better or worse. And and uh, a couple things. First of all, you mentioned George R. Martin. As we've been recording here, I've been updating, refreshing, uh, his not a blog to see if he commented. And this morning at 914, Alden, he commented mm-hmm. on a new sword from Jalik Blades. That's right. You can get the replication of the blade Blackfire. He has yet to comment. We're waiting. <laughs> I'm going to check my, uh, check my debit card and see if I can. No, I'm not going to get a yeah. Blackfire. Yeah. Uh, Thank you, George. Thank you, George. And so from this point though, I want to, I want to lead into this a uh, couple of discussions, a little bit more behind the scenes stuff too. Uh, wild speculation, but yeah, talking about this Arya stuff, I mean, it's all intriguing. I would love a little book on that too, if, if to hear that story. This isn't to say you, you and I, being Star Wars fans, we're living in this world of oh, it's 
It's just a show about a, a, a Mandalorian. Oh, wait, no, it's the expansion of uh, the post-Return of the Jedi world. Uh, a Jon Snow show is probably not just him and Tormund having a turkey leg. So could by, if it's not a limited series, I think Eric Monroe and Don Long both suggested this could be, you know, hey, maybe a limited series idea in their calls. Season two, maybe you are spending time with Arya. Maybe this does kind of, you know, Brianna Tarth shows up. There's a, there's a lot of possibilities, and I have no doubt that the book of Jon Snow could expand pretty rapidly as we follow these characters going forward, if they choose to. 100%, especially because development of a Jon Snow sequel and and the headline Jon Snow sequel comes from conversations, comes from, you know, Hibbert's sources, but it could very well be a show called, you know, I, I jokingly was like the white wolf, like that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, what, what is the symbolism there? Like, it doesn't mean the show is going to be called Jon Snow. It could just be that Kit's going to be our, have the most screen time. And we are following up on everything or, you know, if he sends a Raven from his cabin at Mount Egret or wherever he is now, <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I named this mountain after my girlfriend. Yeah, and then, he's, <laughs> and then his new his new free folk wife is like, nah, we're not going for this. <laughs> no, please, I'm not, I'm not moving into Mount Egret. No. Yeah, like like you know, you you could do those cutaways, and I think that it's true. Like we're in the age now of these eyes and characters. I mentioned Strange New Worlds; it's in its first season, and they already cast Kirk for the second season. So they Picard, are going to brush up against right? Picard. Yeah, it goes from uh, old man in his winery to to expanding and extending and wrapping up some stories. Yeah, next generation. Yeah, sequel essentially, which, which which I think is fine, and I and and I'm okay if 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 you, even if you want to say it cynically that oh this is just season nine or thing like then great, uh, you know yeah. a lot of us didn't would have loved to have two more seasons. George R. Yeah. R. Martin wanted two more seasons. Uh, Dan and Dave just didn't seem to want two more seasons, which is their choice. Which leads me, um, and sorry if I'm cutting off some of your thoughts here, uh, no, no. free to uh, jump back to any of them, which leads to, you know, no names attached in terms of creative, other uh, than I'm sure if Kit Harrington was to show up, he'd probably be an executive producer some, of some sort, uh, oh, yeah. which could be an actual role or just a title. Uh, That's a popular it. deal right now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like yeah. Diego, uh, Ob- uh, Obi-Wan. Obi- Obi- Obi-Wan, executive produced his yeah. own show. Yeah. Uh, Ewan. Yeah. Um, Chris Hemsworth is a executive yeah. producer on Thor now. It's just the name of the game. That's starting to be a little bit of a standard. Yeah, the name of the game, and you get invested, and you know, your name's on it, and you're leading it, and and all those kind of things. Uh, a little bit of the business side, of course, but yeah, um, um, no names, no names. No, you know, HBO so far, and George R. R. Martin. That's where we're checking. Is not a blog. It, it is pretty open about him being behind even the, the 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 ideas that were pitched around and didn't go forward. Um, uh, I heard some from some folks in, in town of, yeah, I, I, I'm putting together an animated package to go. They want me to go pitch to George. Like his obviously whether he's involved on a day to day basis uh, with each individual project, it, it doesn't matter. It, it, there's got to be some sort of you'd think there's going to be some sort of blessing. However, maybe this particular section of the world. Maybe legally he doesn't have to be. I don't know. I can't wait for some of those details to emerge, and I can't wait for his thoughts on it. Um, going forward, when his own story isn't even finished, is an interesting interesting uh, uh, proposition to hit the man with, you know? Yeah, he gets an email like, got any more notes, question mark, with a Jon Snow gif attached? Like, yeah, yeah it's it's a it's a really interesting... By the way, Ken was talking about me pitching my uh, Melisandre prequel, The Red Woman. Oh um, yeah, I'm att- I'm attached to that to watch. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's 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 just uh, her just 
living life, doing her makeup and stuff, just, yeah. just appreciating her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's an interesting proposition for sure. Especially yeah. considering, you know, there's lots of jokes over the years, like is Jon Snow George's insert character? Like yeah. uh, you hear that a lot. And um, it's, it's interesting because it's, it's like, what is the follow-up to from George's perspective? Because he has, as we talked about uh, on the last episode uh, of Casterly, like the, it's the, this is my story that he yes. threw into his last blog post. Yeah. Will this get the my story stamp uh, or will this be the, we're going to call Benioff and Weiss. And, and for yeah. the record, do I think that they would come back? No, 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 no. no. Uh, like if anyone is out there wondering, I'm going to put all my chips on. No. Um, the, the for ol- them. Yeah. The only thing I would see uh, Benioff and Weiss if there's any involvement, having some sort of real hollow credit, that executive producer, not even like a yeah. created by, but just kind of, uh, yeah, we're taking maybe some of the things they did. We have to give them, uh, you know, some they, kind of credit. They cast kit, they yeah. hired kit, and they did the, yeah, yeah. like it's it, but not yeah. saying that they are the George Lucas of this, because that would be Martin, but yeah. even on stuff where there's zero George creations, he still gets based on characters created by Yeah, him. yeah, that um, kind of thing. So yeah. it, it could but be one you. of those. I'm, I'm um, yeah. But yeah, 0% chance that they show run, I would say, at this at the present moment, unless something shocking happens and they end up uh, uh, leaving the Netflix office with all their stuff in a box. Uh, I, I don't think that this would happen. But it is an interesting thing, right? Because in, in, on the film side of things, yeah, it's, it's easy sometimes in these fandom punditry conversations to say, I'd love to see ex filmmakers take on this. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder to do that with showrunners yeah, because yeah. they put together rooms because it's, it's not yeah. as easy as just, uh, yeah. you know, it's not easy as saying Taika Waititi on star Wars. Yeah. Um, who handles Jon Snow? I don't know. Yeah. Peter Jackson. Like, it's like, it's so hard to just throw names out. It's, it's, uh, it's yeah. No. It, yeah. Not, not thinking that, I, not that I would think Jackson would do it, but yes, a, a bigger name, someone like that coming in. And here's one name I'll throw out. I, you know, um, is a good old Brian Cogman, who is the keeper of the lore, was the keeper of the lore on the show, the one who seemed to be most tightly connected to it, like needing, like they needed to bring him in here. What happens? What's the history here? He's that mm-hmm. guy, and, and he had, he's attached and has been attached to some of the other prequels that not, none of his seem to go forward. Uh, I've lost track of some of the ideas. Um, and, you know, worked with Martin on some of those pitches and what have you. To what degree? I don't know. Is it just meeting in Santa Fe for a lunch or is it something more? Um, that's a name I would be intrigued. Uh, I would, you would need a, a bigger maybe showrunner type, a director type. I don't know. Uh, but not to take anything away from Cogman's skills. But he would be someone that I would really trust to take the show world forward. I agree with that. And, I, and it is a question, too, of... Does do people that are not Dan and Dave that are also not on House of the Dragon get brought back for tonal consistency or for relationships with Kit for whatever? Like, yeah. what is Michelle McLaren doing right now? Mm-hmm. Does she come back and and join sort of the director stable? Because yeah. that is also something that we're seeing with this expansion right now is like we're creating these rosters, yeah. um, which is something that John Favreau has has popularized a lot right now is. To, to bring together a stable of people um, to kick things around that are like, they're all doing this person's style, but with enough flair of their own. That That's, that's really interesting to say it, it, cause it's, um, 
it's obviously not abnormal to have a bunch of different directors working on TV shows. I mean, sitcoms it's change can change weekly sometimes. Um, but there's there's a different tone to the conversation around the Mandalorian and the Boba Fett directors. Uh, Kenobi just being directed by Deborah Chow, but her um, it, despite you know great resume, let's be clear, but emerging from Mando into into her, the own show with Kenobi. Um, that be I don't get that feeling from House of the Dragon. It's even though there might be you know the list of directors and all that kind of stuff. It's it's I think of Sapochnik and Condal, uh, and, and they have a, mm-hmm. a very interesting writers' room. Um, but yeah, with this kind of thing going forward, do you go? Do you not just bring a roll call of all star directors from the previous series, uh, but maybe some you know the Alan Taylors and, and the Michelle McLarens and, and, and some of the other directors who made an impact in that show and in that world, particularly some of the Jon Snow centric ones? I should have maybe gone through a list of that even before we got the air. Sorry, everybody. Um, and then also bring it in some some of those like you know the Bryce Dallas Howards, the Femi is the, the people who are like, cool, what can you do in this world and be part of this world going forward and developing it? And also who's to say that, you know, we talk about Miguel on House of the Dragon, but does, do they try to turn Miguel Sapochnik into a little bit of their John Favreau, oh, yeah. uh, Filoni type figure where it's like, Hey, uh, we're going to roll on Jon Snow when House of the Dragon season two is wrapped. Miguel, will you come over and yeah. Do a little hard home action uh, with <laughs> yeah. Kit again, since you guys have been in the trenches together, mm. uh, doing this type of stuff, doing these crazy shoots. You're the guy that understands this, um, and was and was elevating what we were able to do cinematically yeah. and, and technically yeah. uh, throughout the thing. And Kit was at the forefront of each of them. Yes. Um, so it's like he is the key Jon Snow director in a lot of ways. Well, you no, know, was, was, even as I was saying that, I was like, uh, Spachnik might be the one, you know, especially especially from season five on. He it mm-hmm. might be that that Jon Snow guy. I think there's a lot of other names you could throw in that hat, but he merges time and time again as the one who who really helped elevate that character in in terms of learning about the character in battle. Yeah, and and also there's a there's a factor too happening a lot right now with things where. Where is the person who was in film school when Game of Thrones started mm-hmm. that can now give that legacy story that that is so good for uh, goodwill, so yeah. good for press, so good for the perspective? Where is that that young person of color, that young woman that was that was in film school that said, "Oh, Game of Thrones was essential for me." Yeah. And now here I am, you know, it's, it's also important to, cause you know, you got like your Alan Taylors and your David Nutters and those guys, but they're, mm-hmm. uh, Nutter's a good you know, name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not young. Uh, they're not, they're not young talent no. and there, there's that element too. And, and Kit Harrington is a young talent yeah. and Jon Snow, even if they kick this five years down the road, he's still a young man. Yeah. This is not Peter Dinklage. This is not, uh, Lena Headey, uh, you know, one of those veteran actors. Yeah, uh, not that I think we'll do the undead Cersei project, uh, which is naming actors. I'll, uh, I'll pitch that right now. The undead Cersei. I want that story too. Cersei from beneath the rock, a hand. Just <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's definitely an interesting thing. And again, well, television is so difficult, but television is changing. Yeah, well, no, but, but that is that, exci- that excites me. Uh, that that you are in an era where you know, if say you're twenty when Game of Thrones, the TV show begins. You're 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 around thirty and 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 growing, and so you are coming up. You're in the middle of your career. You're out of film school. You're doing things, and and I would love to hear from those kind of people on the shows. It's the same thing with the the sequel era. Is already um, in Star Wars. Uh, is we, we are already co- approaching ten years of the sale. 
seven years of Force Awakens, that is enough time to influence a new generation of creatives. It really is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that person in high school, and now they're they're in in a film program or something, and Force Awakens was the thing. And and to them, J.J. Abrams is an older director, which is just such a weird thought. Uh, It's it's definitely an interesting sort of time of of the changing of the guard, and Mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting to see what changes, even in terms of the filmmaking, in terms of the aesthetics, in terms of. how this is made presented the fact that it's a safe bet to assume let's say john snow does go to series it it's gonna be a hbo max streaming project i would assume um since we're all fighting yeah. a streaming war right now <laughs> yeah we are we are all in the streaming wars we are I, it's out you're here out there and um you know some uh, hbo kicks you down tries to bring the robert Brathian hammer down on disney plus <laughs> It's at that point you're able to play with things that HBO, the channel, was not able to play with yeah. in terms of being able to make things differently in the age of digital production and not having to adhere to season lengths, episode lengths. Let's this one's going to be 35 minutes, this one's going to be 55. We yeah. can just do whatever we want. That's a really interesting, um, really interesting way to approach things. And also, in a post, I would say, seasons seven and eight world where they began to, it, to much controversy, train audiences away from the, you know, one through six was, we're going to show you all the travel. Mm-hmm. We're going to show you all of the getting from A to B. Then seven and eight were way more uh, cinematic, where it's we're like there. the travel happened off screen. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're here. Yeah. I call those seasons the we've arrived uh, seasons. Yeah. Um, is, is it going to be more of that? Yeah. Fascinating. Something you said uh, in there made me, uh, made me think this, and I want to pitch this to you. Sorry if it's a little bit of a subject change. Uh, going back no. to, even to what we're saying at the top, uh, I've been saying here on, on Casting Talk for a little bit now, like I'm excited that, you know, yes, it's, it's corporations trying to make uh, money. No, one that, no one's a hero there. Uh, this is content wars. This is business. Um, and I guess the best we say, we, we can reap the benefits of it if you choose to look at it like that. Um, this, this IP, if you will, uh, I know that's sometimes a dirty word, this George R. R. Martin world um, it just makes a lot of sense to expand it, uh, but there also at sometimes even for me there's sometimes it seems it seems a little weird. It's not a Star Wars Star Trek, um, uh, even Lord of the Rings is is that starting to expand. Um, Marvel, of course, which is the same thing with different beats. But you know what I mean? Where sometimes I'm like, well, that's weird. Why would they do this? And I keep going back to this. No, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't mm-hmm. you? There's so many corners to explore. All these seven shows. Why not HBO be known as that's the Game of Thrones channel. Um, it makes a lot of sense. But also, does it make any sense to you that I'm also kind of like, it's bizarre? <laughs> I think a lot of it, I think you're right to feel that it's bizarre. And when I when I think about that, I also think about audience. Yeah. Because everything that we named, whether it's Star Wars, Star Trek, Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. all what do all those things have? Marvel and DC, they're for families. Mm-hmm. And Game of Thrones... Although I think it is fun family viewing, uh, it does not necessarily, uh, it's not a, come kids, I got a pizza, uh, I got popcorn. It's not like that. Game of Thrones family viewing is me and my sister yelling expletives as something crazy (laughs) happens. That's what Game of Thrones family viewing is. And that's what I've talked about as as Casually Talk is going to be covering Rings of Power. And that's in the discussion. Mm -hmm. I think I mentioned this on an earlier episode. If I'm in charge of marketing Rings of Power, 
that's my move is yeah, yeah. this this is the fantasy adventure where we want the whole family to sit down yeah because they don't they are competing but they don't need to be competing for the same people yeah and i think that with game of thrones expanding it's strange because with mandalorian going to book of boba fett or going now to season three where it's going to feature way more bo-katan mm. it's exciting to go to your kid and say hey remember her Remember her? I just happen to have this here. Remember her? She's she's going to be showing up now. She's going to be showing up in the yeah. next thing. Yeah. And your and your son and daughter can be like, hey, Game of Thrones does not have that. It's just adults, some of whom that are angry, talking about things that are kind of grim. Yeah. So it's it's a way different culture as yeah. it starts to expand. Kids, gather around. We're going back to Baelish's brothel this week. It's going to be great. He's yeah. alive, but his brothel is. Yeah. And that's the other thing is that it's it's like, yeah, there's death in Star Wars and Star Trek and Lord of the Rings. But lots of people, we talked about our, our friend uh, Andres Cabrera, and you mentioned Baelish. Lots of people mm-hmm. lost the character they maybe wanted to know yeah, more about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they yeah, lost yeah. the avenue that would have excited them yeah. for a spinoff. Maybe somebody was wanting to see Jamie Lannister put his life back together after the show and that's impossible. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, I mean, I guess it's not impossible um, with magic yeah. out there, but yeah. still mm-hmm. it's, it's a different beast. And so it has to expand differently. Yeah. No, I, I know you, you're answering my, my question here. It's in a good way here. It's, it's because it's not just a TV show to me. It's not even just a book series to me. It's definitely a world I love and a, and a world I, said i i learned from I, i'm inspired by it it challenged me uh some of the things that happens to characters are i think supposed to hurt you in this series and you're supposed to wonder why and what they what could have been done what society could have done different to the characters what they could have done differently in that society there's a lot of those things mm-hmm. that stick stick with me and i know we're not alone but to most of the people this is just it's not even star wars it is just a a, a great tv show they watched and they moved on from so that's sometimes where i pick up on maybe I pick up on that energy of uh, do you also think yeah. that because you're, you know, the self-proclaimed map guy. You love that stuff. Uh, and in Star <laughs> quite a, Wars, quite a thing to proclaim. But yes, it's, it's maps are fun. Maps are cool. Maps are. Uh, in Star Wars, we have the unknown regions almost as a as a device. Yeah, it's a place yeah. to put things and then pull them out later mm-hmm. when the right creator comes around and has the right connection. Um, we can tie that into chist space, wild space. Like that's more functional. Whereas with the Game of Thrones maps, my impression has always been like, there are stories out there, but also Martin is intentionally leaving them vague. Do you think that it's a, you, that you have like a a sort of subconscious resistance to filling in some of those gaps? Like, Oh, I don't really want to see a shy because the point of a shy is that it's a dark, mysterious world. Yeah, no, absolutely. Though I do want this red woman series. You and I are both now co-creating on this episode this week. Yes. Uh, Yes. Give me that. No. uh, Yeah. No, there's a little of that too. Even going back to up to the the top of Jon Snow, I think Jon Snow, his story is perhaps the most complete of the series, right? I mean, it's not a great leap to say that. And so there is, Part of me, even as a diehard fan, that's like good with just spending the rest of my life wondering. Uh, and then we we know the dangers of expectations. And I still want to commission some sort of psychological study of what happens when people get the answers to the things they wonder about their favorite characters and shows. Once the mm-hmm. answers come, usually at the final seasons or definitely in the finales, that's why you see a lot of people 
across many different shows, not just fantasy stuff, but uh, true crime shows or, or uh, even some sitcoms. The endings always affect people. And this one definitely affected people. But then to go beyond that, the expectations are, are going to be potentially crushing to the series. The series might not be able to ever get out from under that weight. Uh, and that's maybe some of my trepidation too. Exciting. Yeah. Trepidation. Yeah. It's also, it's also selfish, right? Cause we're going to be talking about it. And like if Jon Snow goes to series and then you and I are here in 2024 yeah. talking about the pilot, there's also going to be that. <sighs> now I have to hear other people talk about the pilot. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and which is also a thing that we didn't have to use to deal with. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And so that's a factor too. And that's a selfish factor, but it is reality. Yeah. Um, so it's, a, it's an interesting beast. And it's also, I think we're all dealing with and to tie in with your psychological study thing. And we've talked about that before that I think that endings do expose so much of how people are able to process journeys, you know, in that yeah, yeah. very cute Instagram caption way of it's about the des- it's about the journey, not the destination. Right, right. That is true. Um, and how you process that. We're in an age now where nothing ever ends. And so yeah. we're also dealing with that societally and culturally. Mm-hmm. I've had that realization with everything that I love that I'll never mm-hmm. see the last Star Wars. I'll never see the last anything. Yeah. And that's just the way that it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we're wrestling guys. I thought that I saw the last Shawn Michaels match. It's my favorite guy. And then he went and did another one and, yeah. and it upended everything. So it's like, there's no retirements in wrestling, just another no. paycheck you need. Um, yeah. yeah, no, great stuff. And I, I don't mean to spin it off into this philosophical thing, but it's been a part of the discussions around here at Castle Talk of, of, uh, people's reactions to it there. Let's, as we wrap up the show here, let's have some fun. Uh, you and I both have expressed excitement, um, questions, uh, intrigue, uh, slight confusion, but let's end with some fun. Um, characters, ideas, anything big, uh, general or specific that you would feel as though it'd be just fun to see. I don't want to say want to see or need to see, but anything, any moment that comes to mind. Uh, my first thought and the thought I can't escape is Queen Sansa. Mm-hmm. I I have to know what that relationship is like. And yeah, there's a lot to mine there between mm-hmm. her and Bran as these two now sovereign leaders that I'm assuming have a good relationship. I yeah. mean, he, he yeah. let her break off and do her own kingdom and seems like a nice guy, you know, kind of dry these days, but very nice. <laughs> He's a little, uh, a little somber, but yeah. Yeah, a little somber and, and you know, on the, on the top of the subject of him. <laughs> As I've reminded people more than once, uh, Bran is not interested in governing. That's yeah. why he picked Tyrion. Yeah, he's busy magicking and looking for a dragon yeah. while Tyrion runs Westeros. Now, that's always been my read yeah. of the situation: is that he, quote unquote, punishes Tyrion at the end by making him serve. But it's you know that's what the show had always been telling you. Yeah, the hand wipes. <laughs> it's that's where the power is and Bran understands that he's yeah. a three-eyed raven now so do i want three-eyed raven stuff in the show doesn't really matter what i want yeah. uh, but do i expect it perhaps you know him yeah. and john are two not only are they starks but they're they're both tied to the mysticism of the world yeah um, but the queen yeah queen sansa though i think is the a by proximity of just being mm-hmm. the southern you know the nearest southernmost yeah. character uh but i think that that relationship started to blossom as the story started to close yeah so what are they like now after the fact their reunion um 
after she treated him so terribly uh, when they're having that soup yeah. and he's like, yeah, you were the worst. You yeah. kind of did suck. Uh, it's so charming. So, yeah, no great stuff there. And one of the things that and, and I was thinking about it and you kind of touched upon it is, yeah, you know, you got Bran and, and um, you know, Bran the broken over there and yeah, the search for Drogon. And, and if anything, like we're talking about Jon Snow being pulled back in and maybe you think of another threat or maybe you think of some political reason to come back. But this idea of, hey, are you having fun up there in the north? You and Tormund are enjoying those turkey legs and, and uh, you know, meeting new friends. But we think we've located Drogon. We think Bran has discovered this and, and maybe you're the one to go go figure that out for us and and and, and that being yeah. some sort of a mission because um, that would tie into a lot of things we're talking about with the character and, and processing what's going on and, and looking at the decisions that were made and, and what that could be. Um, because in my mind, I'm like, I can't imagine, I don't care if it's one season or five seasons, I can't imagine all of it being in the snow, literally, with Jon Snow. Uh, yeah. There's a wide yeah. open world and we we love the idea of Arya exploring that world. Uh, who knows? How do, how am I going to get there? I need a ship. Well, my, my sister's got one. Um, yeah, there could yeah. be something. Kit, Harring- like Kit Harrington signs on and he says, "I'll do it," but we're going to Croatia. I am not <laughs> yeah. shooting this entire thing up there. Well, okay. uh, jokes aside, that was literally one of the first things I thought. I was like, because everyone, including me, are putting are putting pictures in the thumbnails of you know, look at the you know, for those watching, yeah, that's a very <laughs> miserable, cold John Snow. And you imagine Kit like, could I could I go to the beach? Can we go to the beach? Can we travel yeah. to beach town? It's um, like, yeah. I got to do it, but there was dust everywhere and it was a hell war <laughs> yeah. zone. Yeah. Um, Mud, I, would like, I would like to just have a nice walk by a palm tree. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. That, that's an interesting thought too. And I, I love what yeah. you said about yeah. if Drogon does factor into the story, because that is sort of their uh, end of Star Wars Rebels, let's go find X sort yeah. of thing at the yeah. end of the show. Um, Drogon does have I mean, these these dragons are the show doesn't get into it as much as the expanded mythology does in, in the writings but it is there these are intelligent creatures they're not necessarily beasts he knows yep. that Jon Snow is one of his people that's told to you through the visual storytelling um, of their of their uh, nice little dog pet moments yep. where she realizes oh he's a dog dad I love this guy mm-hmm. um, those moments all the way up to Drogon destroying the throne there's an understanding there that could be interesting to explore. He took his mom's body away to X, Y, Z place. Who knows if it's a shy, if it's yeah. uh, to um, somewhere she'd previously been in Essos, who, yeah. who knows what that, that means. But for John to have to tap into that side of himself again, yeah. into the Aegon Targaryen side um, is definitely interesting. Um, it, it, yeah, I don't suggest it. I only suggested it because I thought of just like looking where he was when it ended. Like, yeah, yeah. To me, he'd be pretty. Hey, could you help rule the countries, the the seven kingdoms or the six? Ki- nah, I'm good. Hey, could you take over as king of the, the beyond the wall? Nah, I'm good. There's not even a wall. Um, hey, you left some paperwork at the at Castle Black. You want to come in? Nah, but hey, <laughs> Danny, Daenerys, Drogon, um, that big mystery and, and what that means to him is is intriguing to me. Again. We try not to be attached to our own predictions and speculations. We want to be open to what the story is uh, that's presented to us. But that's something that's very intriguing to me. Of, of, of If I have any questions about Jon yeah. Snow and towards the end, it's how that affects him going forward and what that could be if it comes back to him. I agree. And I 100% agree. And I would tie in with that how the relationships continue, not just with his sisters yeah. or with his brother Bran, but also the new Grand Maester is his best friend. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so you know, Samwell 
keeping this knowledge, documenting this knowledge, writing a song of ice and fire um, and not putting Tyrion in it, Mm -hmm. um, which is actually, no, he didn't write it. Yeah. He didn't actually write a song of ice and fire. He just presents it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, he just he just brings the book in. I sorry, Samuel. I don't mean to slander <laughs> you. Um, but it's Tyrion not being in it, that whole comedy beat, but still yeah. his best friend who he bled with, you know, these two young brothers of the night's watch that are now in these completely different positions. I don't interpret the end of Game of Thrones being I'm now gonna isolate myself from my loved ones. Mm-hmm. I don't think that those are, I, some people do. Um, granted, there are people that think that Ray never leaves Tatooine again. And I think they're wrong too. Yeah. Uh, but the, but the, uh, I will add a get, 100% wrong, but that's, a, that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> different, different podcast. Um, but the, the, the situation of he's going there because it's where he felt most free. I mean, that's what yeah. Tormund says. And, and again, yeah. And, and yeah, punished, right. Banished, yeah. punished, banished. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Ban- yeah, that banishment of like we told Grey Worm you were going to the wall. Whispers, Grey Worm doesn't know there's no wall. Like it's just taking advantage of Grey Worm, so he leaves. Yeah, and by the way, who do I want him to run into on his search for Drogon? Grey Worm would be a great. Oh, that uh, would great be uh, a great thing. Excellent, especially if Grey Worm's hanging out on on uh, the Isle of Noth and he yeah. hears yeah. that Jon Snow is at X place. Yeah. But yeah, maybe. They are sending ravens to each other. Hey, I'm a maester. Can you tell me what you see up there? Yeah. He loves these people. Jon Snow leads with love. Yeah. Uh, I don't see that as a bitter, I'm sad about Danny. Don't speak to me. Yeah. 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 No, 100%. 100%. That that to me presents present a big challenge. Other fun things. I, you know, Brianna Tarth, Gwendolyn Christie, getting more with her, having some kind of, you know, uh, she's maybe got a job to do down in King's Landing. This I know, but have her. Yeah, I took a vacation. I'm traveling the world. Me and Pod are catching up. Any kind of fun thing like that. Oh, uh, running Sir Podrick Payne. Podrick Payne. Sir yeah. Podrick Payne. The, the, I forgot about that. Yeah, it's a great moment. The Dinklage of it all. Like he seems like someone that, if there's reason for him to come back to any kind of character, he would. He also seems like the type to be like, I've done that. I gave my heart to that, and I'm ready to move on. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, and you could throw your cynical jokes in about a bag of money or whatever, but no, he's he's the type of artist that I would respect if he's like, there's something left to tell here. I'm interested. I think he I think he would do that, but uh, I, I'm not I'm not counting on that one. I think it's some of the other characters that would show back up. I agree. Yeah, I think that Dinklage is sort of your your Harrison Ford, where like the, the phone call has to be really compelling. Yeah. Um, the, the the scene has to be really compelling, but then there's also your your Liam Cunninghams and, and guys yeah. like that, where again, who does Jon Snow have intimacy with? Who is, who has Jon Snow established um, these important rapports and relationships with? And toward the back half of that series, Davos was one of his most trusted confidants. He was, mm-hmm. that, that was the guy yeah. um, for him in a lot of ways that believed you know, Davos is a believer. Davos yeah. is the kind of guy to me that treks all the way up beyond the wall to tell him in person, we need you. Yeah. You know, like gives one of those Davos speeches. Yeah. Pardon me for saying, sir, but yeah. there's only one person that can find a dragon. Yeah. 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 Oh, a hundred percent. I still a, have my, I'm just, a, yeah, I'm just a crabber. <laughs> no, I'm just a crabber, but uh, pardon me. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Love that guy. Uh, sorry. Your grace. Uh, he is a king, not a lord. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, the best. Yeah, yeah, interesting stuff there. And of course, this whole series needs to be about the ghost of Stannis Baratheon coming back, and then I'm hooked. Right? That's got no. Okay, fair. fair enough. Hey, fair. Stannis still never saw a body. 
Stannis Baratheon <laughs> beyond the wall. His hair is down to his waist. Thank you for He's keeping up my false hope. Yes, thank you. For big beard. Yeah. Um, still an interesting directorial choice. I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I have always wondered about it. Yeah, but it is a it is a really it's a funny bit. I mean, yeah. Stannis. It's just I miss the height of Stannis fandom in Game of Thrones. Stan, <laughs> so Stannis the Manus. The the, the 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 amazing one of my favorite Game of Thrones memories is at the end of season four when he arrives. Yeah. Uh, to, oh, to battle Mance. Come on. And I remember me and my sister cheering and texting my friend, Stannis the Man is here. Let me, let me tell you something. That was the greatest week of my life. That was the week that ever, <laughs> everyone looked at me. And for three years, I had held the flame. I had my Stannis Baratheon shirt, which I still have in my closet. That was the week all my friends texted me and were like, you got to be pretty happy. And I was like, yes, I was right about him. After that, things got a little bad for Stannis fans. But, you know, it was a good Full dicey. A little dicey. Like sometimes I, I, I talk about how I love Melisandre and she's one of my favorite characters. And then people bring up Shireen and I'm like, look, you know, not her finest uh, managerial <laughs> moment. <laughs> you know, so sometimes you call for a hit and run when maybe should have been, you, you know, leave the bat on the player's shoulders. I don't know. You know, make a bad decision. But um, we're uh, we're wrapping up here. Alden, this has been a lot of fun. I, I love chatting this uh, chatting this stuff up with you here. It's uh, it's so fun, and this is great news. Uh, this is intriguing news. It could go horribly wrong. It, you could approach this with all the cynicism in the world, and that would be your right. And I wouldn't disagree with that. It, it is it is an interesting decision of all the projects announced, but it is also just fun because we are fans, and there's so much horrible things in the world, and why not have fun wondering about songs of ice and fire? Alden, I can't appreciate. I can't. Uh, uh, share my uh, you can't sh- I, I, I'm stumbling over my words I'm almost emotional thank you for joining today <laughs> thank you I'm so glad it came together this way it was very kind of them for them to drop the news when they did uh, yes. as opposed to what Lucasfilm does to you guys on Force Center where All they the constantly just <laughs> to constantly just dropping it after the show this was uh, needed and on a selfish level I'm glad that I didn't have to wait till my 40s to see my hero return there you um, go. That yeah. was a, a wonderful thing. Yeah, we hope. We hope. Early we hope. Indeed. That's true. It, 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 next week's Cash Early Talk could be uh, Kit Harrington declines. <laughs> yeah. uh, Kit Harrington project denies, falls apart. Denies story, this and that. And we'll cover that and we'll cover what that might mean if it does happen. But for now, we're going to hold out hope that this moves forward and we get some big answers. Uh, Alden, before we get on out of here, uh, let all the folks know where they can find you and your wonderful Star Wars work. Yes, you can find me on Octo Radio Star Wars podcast, where currently we are in the throes of Kenobi, but there is also other stuff happening, like uh, Adam Christopher will be joining us on the show to talk about Shadow of the Sith, a great novel that you'll all be able to pick up in about 11 days, I think. So if you're a Star Wars fan, come on over and listen to me talk about that stuff. We also do a Rebels rewatch, which is happening um, also on a show called The One and Done Film Club, which is on a little bit of a hiatus right now, but we've got the gears ramping up again on that and uh, doing radio stuff. If you awesome. want to talk to me about Haim, you can hit me up. Let's talk some Haim. My, one of my favorite rock bands of all time. Absolutely, indeed. Which, speaking of, uh, if you'd like uh, to hear some music and hear me do my old DJ stuff, uh, and I do mean rock and roll DJ, not a party club DJ, uh, follow me over on Mixcloud <laughs> with Pop Rock and Radio. We have live music shows. A lot of fun. It's an old-style radio show, indeed. Uh, you can follow me at Ken Knapsack. Go to KenNapsack.com for information. All the other things I do, including my book, Why We Love Star Wars, still out there, still going strong. they got a Father's Day 
deal if you act now on that book. And as always, thanks for listening to Casualty Talk or watching on the YouTube channels. We try to build out both. Uh, the podcast has been going strong for a few years, but man, we're picking up some speed as we race towards House of the Dragon, uh, Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, and beyond. Uh, we'll go beyond the wall with Jon Snow as well. Uh, you can follow me at Ken Apsuck. Like I said, the show doesn't have uh, shows a Facebook page, but no uh, Twitter page because uh, I'm just tired of logging into different profiles. But you can follow Morning <laughs> Drive Media at M Drive Media, where we tweet out about the show. Use the hashtag, hashtag Casterly Talk. Man, I've been talking a lot today. Uh, so you can join the conversation on the show. That is it for now. We'll see you all next time here on Casterly Talk. Oh, <laughs>